Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. And I'd like to tell you that we have a new and improved website. It has two new features that we think you'll love. One of them is a vastly improved search engine so that when you type in keywords, you'll get a bunch of episodes really quick. The other is the ability to create a listener account. And in that listener account, you can save episodes for later listening. So you can create a kind of listening list. We think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them. Please visit the site today. Welcome to the New Books Network. Okay, hi. My name is Brandon Sward. I'm a host on the art channel of New Book Network. I'm here with Anna Deco talking about her book, Dances with Sheep, on repairing the human nature condition and felt thinking and moving towards well-being. Anna, how's it going? How are you? Lovely, lovely to meet you, Brandon, today. And thank you very much for the invitation and Karen as well for this interview. Great. So thinking about <clears throat> the title immediately, I couldn't help thinking about Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner movie. And over the past <clears throat> several years in the U.S., there's been an increasing interest in Indigenous peoples and their relationships to the land as an alternative to prevailing like Western approaches um, and in the United Kingdom and especially in Scotland where you're based, um, <clears throat> there's been this discussion around ancestral rights, like the right uh, freedom to roam and um, which suggests a different way of being with the land rather than one of um, exclusion and private ownership. Uh, so I'd be curious to hear about, about whether you um, see these uh, as like influences upon like what what you're doing and um, the ways that you're engaging with land in the book. Yeah, wonderful question to start with. I definitely have been wondering for a long time to get to get to Scotland and then exercise my freedom. <laughs> Uh, as a thinker, as a mover, I suppose. Uh, yeah. I will confess that I <laughs> only know about this because of a recent episode of, I think, The Daily, um, where there was like a deep, it was like on, they do these like long ones on, on Sunday. And there was one about um, like trespassers and like the Ramblers, the Rambler Association in the United Kingdom, yeah. which was very interesting and I knew very little about, so... Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I did uh, wonder quite, uh, yeah, uh, quite uh, 
unknowingly, let's say, uh, until I got to Scotland and I did find out about, yeah, that being a law here, which is, I think, most uh, beautiful law on this planet, uh, <laughs> which helped me jump a lot of fences. <laughs> um, I did get chased away a few times <laughs> from many farmers' lands. I did. <laughs> but I well, was in trying- the US, it's like you're, you'll maybe get shot. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately so yeah well um I'm, I'm always trying to be at least looking very welcoming uh i think you know how we trespass just uh, physically also already tells a lot about our attitudes and our motivations to move across right the land uh whether it is owned or to a human being or to itself right uh yeah so it is it is a it is a great question to start with in terms of how how i've been getting here um yeah uh you know i i do write a lot about um this amazing time space when when free movement uh and of course i like i i write from somatic experience perspective how how it um, generates a lot of intuitive hinges for us as well and how it how it uh, generates itself on those uh, kind of creative um, yeah moments or insights that for me often travel back and forth so we definitely you know when we are submerged in movement experience we we definitely experience things that there is no wording for right uh, there's just a sense of things or, or, or some sort of, um, yeah, inner impression of things that are coming or connecting to anything that um, we have experienced before. So definitely me dancing um, with the ships, with the sheep has been coming along a long way. I, I, I grew up by the airport uh, in southeast Poland, <clears throat> which was a field airport, uh, so only for... Uh, private planes and uh, the management of that of that airport used to be um, yeah uh, transferred onto local farmers and local highlanders really who who would come from higher grounds um, with herds of sheep uh, and that's how the grass airport has been has been managed quite naturally so I would wake up to the sound of sheep every day. <laughs> Uh, so definitely that is something that has been with me for, for, for a long time. I've always been uh, close to, to that sort of nature of, of, I don't know, free roaming, free, free graze, grazing that I think, uh, you know, uh, sheep um, represent to us. Um, and funny enough, you know, on, on different levels, I have, um, ever since I <clears throat> was growing up, uh, in the middle of the town I come from, called Krosno, involved in a lot of dancing activities in the middle of the city. Um, uh, I, I I used to be called uh, uh, a native girl uh, for some reason. I think it was about the looks. I was wearing the two, uh, two braids on the sides of, of my hair. Um, so, um, that, that kind of carried on with me, I think, in terms of how I was developing, uh, you know, different sort of artistic sensitivities and also, and also, of course, uh, mindset in terms of how I was, uh, relating to, 
uh, to the creative part of, of, of my work uh, since I remember. So <clears throat> graduating from, from college, I, I did take a major in, in cultural studies, which was uh, American cultural studies. And my thesis graduating from college uh, was on um, the image of Native Americans as depicted in films. So that was my first, um, yeah, uh, let's say academic endeavor <laughs> to, to, to portray, uh, yeah, um, that, yeah, the, the prevailing attitudes towards, towards, uh, towards the indigenous culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, coming to to the book, definitely, as, as I said, you know, uh, somewhat moving towards moving to to Scotland, uh, which I have for for my PhD studies, and of course the book comes from the period of four years of of me writing um, the PhD. Definitely connected the the strands and the threads of of where things come from and how how I was able to to just all connect it together. And as I said, exercising that freedom of, of roaming, of roaming uh, like sheep do. Yeah. So thank you very much for that lovely, lovely, lovely question. Um, so me mm, tapping into that more indigenous sense of belonging to the land is definitely very, very present in the work. Uh, this is how I was... Um, um yeah i think challenging uh, myself as a mover as well who comes from quite standard uh, academic educational background in dance and theater and then at some point i really decided i i need to move outdoors i need to take my work outdoors so <clears throat> Uh, coming to Scotland and being able to um, be welcomed by so much variety within the land, right? Because, of course, Scotland is, is well known for that. Uh, whether I was moving um, with the forests or, you know, within the valleys or, or hills, uh, closer to brooks or closer to wetlands or, uh, yeah, all, all sorts of uh, amazing amazing landscapes that are that are here uh then that was the constant invitation for me to to challenge um working with movement which which was um um yeah kind of coming out or creeping up or roaming out of that you know anthropocentric framework for working with movement i I was really curious about how i can free the movement also in somatic experience from uh, the hard floor of the studio from, you know, uh, encompassing presence of walls uh, and how I can start treating it and, and diving into it as a very, very open uh, dialogue with uh, whatever comes my way, whatever comes into the dialogue. And then that way, making movement a very active dialogue it's on it on itself and, and not treated as any form of tool for creating anything but being uh on its own uh, a very very enriching uh, and always nourishing dialogue so that that was my motivation yeah mm-hmm. also i think my years of of working with camera and making uh dance um dance-based films um, has taken me outdoors. Initially, uh, funny enough, you know, we work, we all work within constraints of technology. For me, um, 
working on my own budgets, creating um, dance films meant I couldn't afford studios. I couldn't afford technical equipment, uh, whereas uh, working outdoors has, has been always making it a little bit more easier. Uh, not only in terms of writing, but also in terms of, you know, um, the, the, the scenography of whatever I was creating was becoming a creative process right away without pre-ready uh, ideas, pre-ready concepts or, or pre-ready arrangements. So that, that was something that has always fascinated me. And uh, that open dialogue with the living environment has always been pulling me towards the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, so as a, you came to this current practice um, by work you, you were doing in expressive therapies, um, but we've kind of you've kind of alluded to this already. Um, but before that, coming from um, a background in dance and theater, and mm. I was thinking about the different um, ways that. Um, like what we might call somatics has a different approach to the relationship between the body and emotion than um, performance perhaps where the performer is like using the body, using movement to communicate emotion to an audience. Whereas the somatician is using meant to try to get at something about the emotional life of um, the patient. So Mm -hmm. I was um, curious as to how you see uh, this training impacting your approach to to movement. Mm. Yeah, again, um, you know, we all come with long stories, don't we? And of course, um, working within the framework of, of therapy and then creating my own way of working um, also with ecosomatic approach has been, uh, yeah, has been seeing many years of development. Um, uh, where to start? Um, you know, uh, just like I mentioned already that for me, um, being involved in theatrical productions and, and, and creative processes of many choreographers before I was supporting many, many wonderful people uh, within their creative processes cre- created for stage and performance and uh, sorts of performative uh, outputs. Um yeah, that, that definitely has been <clears throat> uh, that journey from me um, being interested in the conceptual development of the work uh, from the dramaturgical point of view and connecting many threads uh, that many creators, especially young ones that I've been supporting with, have not been aware of, right? So this was my, 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 my work and my input where I could... Um, create a deeper context to their work while they were creating something uh, for stage, right? Um, Making sure that the work um, is well attached to the context of how it is being created and how it's being communicated, of course, and for whom it's being communicated. So, uh, you know, uh, making sure that we can, we can connect all, all those, all those strands. And then of course uh, it has always been a a beautiful learning process for, uh, for us, uh, me as a supporting dramaturg and, and, and for choreographers as well. Um, 
so from that stage where I was longing to work more and more outdoors, I definitely, um, um, yeah, I, I was quite resistant to um, call whatever process I was always offering to others therapeutic. But I, I, I did get the sense of that in many in on many instances. And then, of course, when I joined Euclid. Um, uh, uh, Mm, um, program on on somatic uh, uh, dance and somatic well-being program MA. Um, I was really able to to dive into that therapeutic realm in the most beautiful way because it was my own process. Um, so in that way, of course, um, going through a lot of stages. Uh, of um, connecting more conceptual work, which I've gone through before, uh, both philosophical and, and um, let's say, connected to cultural theory and then uh, language theory and, and theater theory to more experiential dimensions of movement. And then going through my own process of how <clears throat> um, the creative process it ca- itself is naturally healing and offers so many supportive um, yeah, pathways. Um, so, you know, discovering that side, of course, it, it movement is always on that edge of being an amazing phenomenon to watch, to participate in, to, to even sit with as, as a witness. You know, it, we all have different ways of participating in movement, not only as a mover, but also as an observant or a very... Um, or or witness Uh, but then you know the experience in the creative process through uh, those two years uh, spent uh, spent in Preston uh, for me you know opened that the different channel of creative process which which then of course was 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 channeled through my own experience first and then from there I started offering it um, to others under the under the umbrella of of therapeutic work as i said i was resistant to that quite a lot because uh, you know as 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 a creator you you don't think about um the therapeutic aspects of of the work uh of course they're always there but you don't you don't feel like you own them right you don't feel like um this is something uh on offer you just appreciate uh that aspect of the work so kind of you have to go a little bit around um around the corner and uh and experience it first firsthand through and i did have the need to experience it firsthand because my health was also quite uh suffering at the at the, at the, at the moment where i was doing a somatic <coughs> um movement and dance um program in a may then uh, yeah it is it's like a firsthand learning experience of course and uh this is the only way that we can then open that process to to others when we understand it firsthand as well. Mm-hmm. Brenda, I'm not sure I'm going in the right direction with where your question was, but if you can rephrase it for me, that would be lovely. <laughs> or maybe you um, hooked it. On a I don't know about you, but I'm very busy and I don't have a lot of time to cook. That's why I subscribe to Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These are two-minute meals. 
Factor meals are ready to eat in heat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. They're flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math, and this is important. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash NBN50 and use code NBN50 to get 50% off. That's code NBN50 at factormeals.com slash nbn50 to get 50 percent off <laughs> no there's 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 no um direction um i was <clears throat> just kind of thinking about the 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 i don't know we might call them like the lines of causation or or something mm-hmm. and we can think about something like um like in theater or like physical theater where it's like i am angry and that causes me to do something with my body or i'm sad and that causes me to do something with my body that asked me about emotions yeah Mm -hmm. yeah as or you think i don't i don't know if you do like like yoga or like stuff like that but you do like yoga and there's this interesting thing that happens sometimes where in the middle of class someone will start like laughing or like crying or these things where it's like rather than it being like I'm having this emotion and it's causing me to move it's like I am moving and that's like causing um, an emotion in me so it's like for so I when we were chatting before I was talking a little bit about these like clown classes that I was taking during um, COVID and we would do these like um, it was really interesting because it's like a very um, like physical and like in-person form so we're trying to figure out how to like do that via zoom and stuff and we would it's this exercise that we would do that i think about a lot where it's like you look around the space that you're in you look for an object that gives you a feeling and then you notice what your body does and then so we would do that and then we would come back and we would be like okay we wouldn't say anything about the object we would just be like okay so i fidgeted my fingers breathed in and like raised my shoulders and then we'd be like okay and then we all and like, how does that make me feel? Um, oh, I'm just, I'm really interested in, you know, how all of that works, how we get from one to the other, how one influences yeah. the other. Yeah, you definitely make me think about 10 things at the same time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm not sure uh, what your experience is with 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 somatic approach, working with movement. Uh, there are so many different ways and so many different schools. And uh, yeah, um, I definitely do yoga, and I, I am I am a mover and a former athlete, and you know I always do something physically. Uh, I cannot sit still for long. Um, but with somatic uh, experience, um, um, 
you know, for me, it definitely, you know, I definitely describe the stages that that have developed in my practice as some sort of uh, reliable um, uh, framework to 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 working uh, to working with movement um, relating to the environment you are with, just like you're saying, relating to an object or letting it uh, evoke some sort of emotion and then gliding on that. Um, I'm thinking <clears throat> first, I would love to let you know, you know, I, I definitely um, am one of those practitioners that, you know, because of my background, I am always interested in in how movement can function on all those many layers, right? And all those many functions. Um, at the same time, uh, I'm always um, so caring for freeing it from frameworks of <clears throat> of delivery because you know as a f- performer um it, it takes a lot of depth and a lot of artistry of course to to get as easy as you can as as, as flowful as you can to the level where um you experience both you you can dive into the freedom of your artistic creativity on stage at the same time, of course, you are you are performing. You know the form. You know you know the agreed parameters and and and, and concepts that the you know that the, the play or, or or the performance is is following. Um, <clears throat> so um, and it's somewhat similar to to how I describe you know how how we dwell and and understand um, um, the therapeutic side of working with movement because that freedom of flying between the f- the flow the free flow and the form yeah is always there and uh, it 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 is it it comes through practice and of course through pre agreed um, you know um, context of how you dive into the movement or performative experience that that you can play with so that that flexibility is i think the most important part of how you work with movement or delivery whether you are you know into a bit more of a performative end of the movement or a bit more therapeutic part of it or a bit more completely open and improvised type of movement um yeah um you know the the how you interact with <clears throat> the emotional part of it. For me, uh, the way I have been working through the somatic experience, and of course, I developed it into the echosomatic experience. At the same time, I keep reminding everybody that even if you are in an enclosed space in a studio or in a theater, this is also a natural environment, right? This is an environment created by human beings. <laughs> And it's nowhere separate from from the natural world. It is made of wood. It is made of metal. It is made of wh- whatever human hands got hand of, right? So we can work with with any environment uh, through the cosmetic co- perspective. But definitely, you know, uh, transitioning between <clears throat> how our embodied ampar- apparatus is open to dialogue, right? Uh, and how it is um, letting us dive into what I call a little bit more contemplative part of movement experience. This is the contemplative part that you know that the somatic uh, practitioners would normally invite you to, which is which is working on 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 forms of uh, looking inwards, looking inside, and then perhaps also you know relaxing a little bit more. 
um, how you engage in movement, meaning making the space secure enough for you to to free flow and be safe, so you can so you can dive in and experience all the movement that is happening on 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 the inside of the body, right? Uh, <clears throat> and then um, that dialogue between the inner and the outer world always flows through your uh, through through your emotional middle body let's say right because this is where uh your heart reacts and heart is a muscle this is where your musculature reacts this is this is where all the um movement realizations are 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 happening right on on that what i call the mesodermic part of of movement engagement so this is uh, this is where our circuitry system uh, and more of a tissue, the, the, the living tissue related, um, yeah, aliveness of our body is, is communicating and, and, and um, yeah, dialoguing with your experience. Because, of course, uh, the emotion is always uh, somewhere in between the inner body and the outer body, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, so flying through, through that inner and outer Worlds of re- relation is uh, is definitely um, is definitely where we learn a lot. Yeah, this is where we uh, we experience also the dimensionality of 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 what the meaning, whatever we are engaged with at the moment, is is doing to us. Whether it is just within the delivery um, realm whether it moves into some sort of deeper realms where we kind of give in and let, let it go and let it develop. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and then, of course, um, yeah, depending on what, what, whatever, whatever environment you are working with, mm-hmm. whether it is also something that you are allowing yourself to respond to or whether you are only on that productive level of um, of working with movement, yeah. So uh, just coming back to to your to your question, uh, you know, working within the performative, and um, we've we've gone through so many questions, you know, also through educational uh, stages, asking ourselves questions: what what is what is dance, right? Because this, I think, you know, the the journey towards operating more with with language and and using movement instead of dance, it's always been that dialogue. Which corresponds to your question, I suppose, because of course we are, <clears throat> as as performers, we we have been using the word dance way more because this is the performative side of working with movement, and then of course movement itself uh, kind of env- envisages that 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 deeper freedom. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I was also thinking about. Um, like dualisms and you've been talking about inner and outer um, and, you know, this term felt thinking that you use in the subtitle of the book. And I'm interested in like how you think about these kinds of Cartesian like dualisms um, between like the mind and the body. It's like whether they're, um, necessary evils that we have to navigate. They're like dangerous illusions to be overcome. Um, I'm thinking of um, like uh, different like uh, 
religious practices, especially Eastern religions, um, like uh, we think about like Buddhism or something and that and like meditation as this way of like, um, like getting rid of the body perhaps in like a, a, there's like a crude understanding of it as in that way. But there's also these things like there's like walking meditations um, and like various forms of like Tantra where it's like the, the body is like, it's not like an enemy that you have to get rid of, but is like a tool that we're using to, um, help the mind or to like get to a certain state of of mind um so that when you were talking about like contemplation it was kind of bringing some of um that up for me Mm -hmm. well that is of course a huge conversation to be had (laughs) um yeah um well, if, if, if you go to uh, the, the website where I share about my practice and, of course, the continuations of the work on felt thinking, which is called uh, dunamisomatics.com, uh, you, you will see that I do and, and have been developing after after the, the book has been written in 2019 because it took a lot of time to publish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit of, of, of a revisiting for me today. <clears throat> older work but yeah since uh, since 2020 um i have moved on to walking quite a lot so um and i also been one of the first people who have been offering um uh, the form- format of therapy in terms of outdoor walks so i simply take people for walks as as as, as a therapeutic session and this is when uh, all our experiences of of dialoguing and interacting and um uh, uh, yeah, looking inside uh, our experiences and dialoguing happens. Um, so that's definitely uh, you know the way of 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 working contemplatively with movement. Uh, also, repetitiveness uh, of movement uh, puts our body at that beautiful state where you know uh, your mind also opens to to very 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 different frequencies of how you can access. Uh, your your experiences and how you can um, navigate uh, through different interpretations of that as well. Yeah, uh, definitely our mind. You know, this is something that I've been experiencing and discovering within myself for years. That whatever comes um, as our response, verbalized response, is so influenced by how we are physically, how we sit. Uh, how we are even dressed, where we are, you know, this is the, our our mind is continuously respond. Our conscious mind, of course, is continuously responsive to to how our body feels, right? Uh, so today I'm also, you know, trying to sit as comfortably as I can, and I usually uh, have the tendency to sit as close to the ground as I can because I know that this is this is where I can feel. I can speak for myself when I alleviate myself or detach myself uh, or in any form restrict myself. I, I right away feel that, you know, wh- whatever comes uh, or becomes verbalized is, is kind of like a limited version of, of what I am actually experiencing just, just, just because the, the, the mind is, is limited as well. Yeah. 
but yeah, coming back to your question of of uh, fell thinking, <coughs> um, you know the 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 contemplative part of that was definitely always <clears throat> building on um and of course i've 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 gone through a lot of a lot of studying of uh body mind theories and in my practice i think long years already i've uh, personally refused to use the word body because uh, <laughs> you know being aware of of how the word is being used and misused and um uh, the connotations uh, prescribed to body uh, has not has not been, you know, sitting sitting well with what I meant by our physical self, right? So this is when the word uh, soma also comes in, uh, and of course you you can refer to to a lot of uh, work of other somatic uh, pioneers of um, etymology of the word soma, but you know, understanding body as as living body not as objectified, uh, you know, physical, um, yeah, format of ourselves is, is, is definitely what, what the work is about and what the somatic work brings into contemplative thinking, right? Into the philosophical thinking. Mm -hmm. Uh, so thinking, uh, through the body, um, and with the body, um, has always felt a natural way for me, right? Uh, that is why I think my journey has always been that direction from <laughs> what I had to go as, as, as conceptual, quite you know, rigorous um, theoretical studies in, in, in philosophy and cultural and theater theory to more embodied ways of, of being and knowing. And, uh, uh, yeah, of course, creative ways of, of knowings is also something I've, I've written, I've written, uh, about before, um, about the epistemological ways of, of knowing through artistic process. Um, and then with failed thinking and my PhD, um, this was movement for me, even further away from what we understand as knowing, what we understand as cognitive thinking, and uh, looking for ways uh, how our embodied thinking can uh, become, uh, yeah, better understood and better comprehended as the most natural way of thinking, right? Uh, and of course, connecting body mind uh, in 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 the historical dualisms that we've been experiencing throughout the history of of philosophy. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, me embarking on on the PhD. Of course, when you jump into the book, you will see how much of the uh, theoretical grounding I'm also trying to find a good balance. Uh, to uh, connecting that the standard schools of, of philosophy, whether it's existentialism or, or process philosophy uh, and phenomenology, um, how much all of those schools of thoughts um, are, yeah, are definitely seeking, see, seeing ways of being balanced through through more updated ways of embodied thinking, <coughs> uh, through uh, more. Um, updated ways of thinking through uh, phenomenological thinking as well 
and of course uh, the pioneers in, in somatic work. Um, it definitely also feels a little bit like a conversation between the masculine and feminine. Of course, looking at uh, at the history of philosophy, we we know where the body mind dualisms coming from. So I'm not going to be jumping into that debate. Um, and uh, yes, in terms of felt thinking, uh, please clue me on how how would you like me to to dive into that? What what interests you? Um, whether you would like me to speak a little bit more about felt thinking as as a methodology of working with movement, or um, yeah, any aspects of again working working through the landscape that that got me to. Um, to describing and uh, pursuing that research as as fully practice based experiential uh, project. Yeah, I I don't know if I had anything especially deep <laughs> to say about about felt thinking. I just um, I thought of it as just like this sort of internal contradiction or like uh, tension of it um like there's something i've taught undergraduates um a lot over the past few years and there's this thing i've noticed where students will say i feel like in relation to something about a text and as opposed to I think, and I think, I think that that's interesting insofar as if you're having a feeling about a text, it's like a private experience. And I can't say um, like you're having a you're not having a feeling or this is the wrong feeling as opposed to thoughts, which are logical. Um, and when someone is having a thought, you can, I can disagree with a thought or I can think that someone's thinking is wrong or misguided, but I can't, it's harder to do that with, um, with feelings. So there's, a way there's a sort of I don't know if I would call it like publicness, but an implied other of thinking that is different than feeling. I I don't know. Maybe I'm putting too much in these terms. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, those terms are big. Of course, they they correlate with specific concepts of uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Schools of thoughts and how, how logic has has been also used to to you know pursue philosophical uh, reasoning. Um, for me, you know, uh, felt thinking definitely embraces uh, how. Um, <clears throat> I, I told you the felt, the felt thinking definitely is is, is an endeavor at human and human nature and understanding human nature and not only understanding it but comprehending it from the first hand experiential perspective, right? So this is when <clears throat> um, uh, the processes of, of free movement and exploring um, concept of self and other, right, uh, come into play. And this is where the processes of conscious and subconscious thinking and feeling both, because, um, 
you know, uh, of course, we, we, we know the Cartesian, I think, but definitely, you know, if you are not able to feel or if your <clears throat> uh, physical brain is not functioning, you are not able to think, right? Uh, so, you know, his ways of being and me studying human condition through more embodied perspective is definitely, you know, uh, opening that, that uh, ways of how we can um, understand ourselves as um, always that, that fluid, um, fluid, um, yeah, entity right of being self and other at the same time being conscious and uh functioning of subconscious uh levels at the same time because of course uh if if you dive into free movement <clears throat> you can never logically tell what is happening right and why you are moving the way you are moving and why the imagery and and the sensations and the orientations in time and space is happening to you a lot of those experiences are just happening because you are here and now, and uh, all the all that historicity of of uh, why you are being you and how you got to that point are also present present with you at the same time, right? At the same time you are moving, meaning every movement is an every movement is an extension into the future realm, right? Which you do not know. Right, because again, you do not know why you are moving the way you are moving. You are not moving intentionally. You are not moving representatively. You are not moving as a gesture. You are not moving uh, to perform a specific action. You are working with free movement experience as an open dialogue. Right. So then, in that way, there is a lot of unknown, and you have to agree to all that unknown. Yeah, to be able to dive into that experience and let the experience take you forward. Yeah. So in that way, <clears throat> as I said, you know, it's 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 a very, very open ground of of how you relate to yourself and felt thinking is um presented by me in the book as uh, as a methodology of, of way of getting to know ourselves. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, uh, that self-inquiry as as a way to um, self-knowing, but also as a way of understanding how you can help yourself how we can help your own condition uh, not only of being human of course but you can work with different uh, related to your own sense of well-being uh, aspects um, how those aspects are communicating to you through movement yes because they are very active within your body uh, and and your sensing so having that inner dialogue with your with yourself at the same time in relation to where you are how you are why you are and who you are in that movement is a very very multi-dimensional dialogue that yeah um that definitely uh functions as that deep contemplation time for yourself yeah and as i said it's always a learning process and it's always a creative process and it always is um a form if if you if, if you want to if you want to really dive into it uh for the sake of um uh for the sake of uh being guided as well right this is a process where, where you learn how much of um, empathy and so how much of care is also 
present um, in movement, yeah? Because movement is, as I write, is always relational as well. You always move towards something and you always move away from something. Just like you said, you are reacting to object in space or whatever is around you, right? So your 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 emotional setup is 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 that inner guidance that is like a glue between your sensations and between your your deeper insights. Yeah. Um, well, those were those were my questions. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to to tell us, or um, that you wanted to cover? Um, yeah. So. Um... Hmm. Well, as I said, you know, our writing uh, felt thinking definitely comes <clears throat> as a beautiful process with something that we tapped onto as 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 an uh, as an project that was connecting my personal experience as as a mover, which I also opened up to um, uh, to the experiences of other movers that I invited onto the project and also it being an academic, um, study, right? So then it functions on, on, on both of those levels of the experiential and on the, on the conceptual. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it really creates that sort of a bridge where anybody can find a bit of a connection there and there. It definitely presents a lot of complexity of, of experience and a lot of ways that we can think about us, ourselves, or getting to know ourselves as human beings, as individual beings, um, through many levels uh, of, of what I call relatedness. Yeah. Uh, and how us being in constant relation with uh, both the inner sensing, the physical uh, experiences of ourselves, the historicity of our experiences of being self, can then be opened to being very, very present uh, as co-creators of, of who we are in a wider context of, of being in the world, right? And with the world. I think I've been emphasizing the withness quite a lot throughout the book as well, because it is about creating with. Yeah. And again, realizing that whoever we are um, uh, as a kind or as individuals is always also a co-creative process. We are not here as separate human beings or a separate kind or a separate species, but we are continuously co-creating self and other. Yeah. And that otherness is definitely also something we are discovering through the somatic process while we are looking within that, that otherness and that, you know, connection, uh, to more, uh, yeah, uh, to more primal sense of self is always within us. Once we, once we give it an occasion to, yeah, to be tapped to through, through free flow movement and through the experiences of life, because I also don't, talk about physical movement all the time because for me moving through life is also movement right the movement of our thoughts is also working with movement so it's not only about the physical movement but it's about comprehending um that 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 you know creative ontology of life itself as creative movement yeah okay well <laughs> On that note, um, maybe we'll hear a bit from our mutual friend, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> 
Karen has been busy. Hello, and many thanks for having us all here today. Uh, my name is Corin Little, and I'm the organizer of Out of Sight. Um, I just want to make sure you all can hear me. Are you yep, hearing me? Mm-hmm. Super. Um, that's great. Okay, yes, you can hear me. So, um, yeah, it was really fascinating what Anna was talking about in terms of the the neurological connections uh, of embodied practice and what happens. Um, in this relational process, when we're working with performance actions, uh, people uh, call it uh, different, ter- people use different terminology um, from different geographical um, disciplines. Uh, as performance artists, uh, we're interested in this intuitive process that occurs through the creative development of a work and specifically flow in body and sight is thinking about this relational practice, this intuitive process, uh, referring to what Anna was saying as the free flow that occurs um, through the process of making um, an action in outdoor contexts. So at flow in body and sight, the, the, I think it might be the only uh, symposium dedicated to public performance art practice. We host workshops, uh, practice-based workshops, where people can engage with world-renowned practitioners. Uh, This year, uh, we're supporting Yarina Shomska uh, to give in-person workshops in Chicago and we're supporting Odana Rimalada from Lagos, Nigeria, to fly to Rotterdam to give in-person workshops there, along with two local artists, Ayako Keto and Yvette Tiwan, who's from The Hague. And her, her workshop is talking about the these inner and outer processes that Anna was referring to. So there's a lot of uh, crossover and connection in the thinking that is happening at Flow. And in addition, so people can register for an ebb and flow registration, which gives you access to the workshops. And then there's also a series of presentations by artists scholars um, and curators and we are thrilled that Anna Dapo is going to be what uh, presenting felt thinking as part of as part of the flow this year and to really like expand the dialogue about um, this practice and ways of working in public spaces. Um, as you notice, uh, I have a Scottish accent, and so this idea of uh, free access and uh, wild being um, having access to the the countryside, to the the landscape, is a really important uh, part of the work that we are doing. Um, 
And yeah, so, and you can register for a steady stream, which just gives you access to the presentations. And we are thrilled to be uh, partnering with three academic institutions this year. Um, Ohio University has been partnering with us for the last three years uh, with the School of Art and Design. And we're excited to join uh, with, to partner with Le Parc Research Centre at Concordia University in Montreal, Canada, and the University of Lincoln in the UK. And we're also thrilled to be partnering with Intellect Books for a third year, uh, which Anna's, and we're going to be giving attendees a 30% discount on the performance art monologue. And uh, we have lots of, and our major uh, partner for Flow is Worm, based in Rotterdam. Uh, that are, are the co-organizers of this uh, project this year. So very much um, excited about that. And if you can attend the in-person symposium, the people participating in the workshops will be opting in to create live performances in their public spaces from around the globe in week three. So you can tune in. Uh, via Experimental Sound Studio in Chicago um, to, to see the live broadcasts. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Um, my name is Corin Little and I'm the organizer of Out of Sight Chicago. So thank you so much. And I'm Brandon Sword with New Books Network. Thank you all for being here. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.